0: Jen, I'm really glad you're here. I know that you're ready to jump into this week's episode, but before we do, I wanted to ask you to think about the one big thing in your business life that's kind of weighing you down. It could be a sales page, a masterclass you wanted to create, your website that you need to update, a new lead magnet and welcome sequence that you wanted to create. I wanted you to think about that one big thing that's weighing you down. In this week's episode, my client, Jen Sherwood, is sharing her experience inside the mastermind while teaching you how she stopped shooting all over herself in her content and how you can do it too. She's giving some real shifts, but I wanted you to get started thinking about what that thing would be for you before we hopped in, and if you are interested in having support every single week with my eyes on your content every single week go to jenliddy.com forward slash mastermind and get on my calendar to talk about how this program could work for you. I'm only accepting applications. We don't start until May, but I'm only accepting applications through March. And if this is something that really appeals to you is having some more hand-holding, some more high-touch connections with your content and really learning how to get this thing crossed off your list, you're going to want to find out about the mastermind. So go to jenlitycom mastermind. And now I'm going to introduce you to Jen Sherwood, who is my guest this week, as she's going to teach you how to stop shooting all over yourself in your content. Enjoy, and I'll see you on the other side. Bye. Welcome to this week's episode of Content Creation Made Easy. I'm really glad that you are here specifically because my guest today is Jennifer Sherwood. And she is somebody who deals with women who are just over it. And I think that you're going to really see yourself in our conversation today. And I'm, I've am i invited Jen on for a couple of reasons. She's an expert. She's a life coach. She's a client. But she really works with women who feel over all of the things that they're doing, the overthinking, the overdoing, the overproving, the over-efforting. And in life, we are doing that and for sure, we're also doing it in our business and we're doing it on our content. So Jen and I are going to talk today about this idea of overdoing. And Jen has a special flair that she puts on everything because she is a recovering people pleaser and perfectionist. So she totally gets it. And now that she's a certified life coach and she has been for years, she also leads women's groups and retreats. She's really good at narrowing down and focusing in on how to help us all go beyond the right now and look to what's possible and create a life that we're not just tolerating. And and you're going to hear Jen talk about that today. So Jen, I just want to say thanks for coming on. I think this is a topic that we all need to be talking about a lot more and I appreciate your time and expertise. How are you? I'm great. Ted, thanks for having me. I was
1: physically trying to restrain myself from going, uh-huh, uh-huh, <laughs> uh-huh, to
0: everything you were saying. <laughs> That's good content.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's it's just where I, you know, where my I lived, where my clients live. And I just think it's such an important topic because it just gets in our way, this overproving, this overthinking. So as you can tell, I'm excited to talk to you today
0: let's talk a little bit about your past and your background how did you fall into this this work and this 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 lane of your work because you know everybody knows what a life coach is but but you've gotten into a very specific niche here yeah how much time do we have i'm kidding
1: <laughs> so as you mentioned i'm a recovering people pleasing perfectionist and trying to sort of narrow this down what really happened for me is when my kids were born I would never have called myself a perfectionist. I don't I didn't get straight A's. I don't have a super organized house, but when I think of a perfectionist, it's, it's that person who thinks everything has to be exactly right and beats the crap out of themselves when they don't do that. And I I may have had some of that I probably had some of that before my kids were born. But when they were born, it ramped up in such a huge ferocious way. And when I look back now, I actually had the life that I wanted, but I couldn't see it because I was so buried under this dictator telling me what motherhood should look like, what be every facet of my life, what being a wife, what being a career woman, all the aspects of my life, what it should look like. And so I was constantly running, trying to meet these expectations, which side note, I was the one creating these unrealistic expectations. (laughs) It was the monster. It it wasn't an external force. It was you, right? Yeah, but I didn't know it. And so I was just really unhappy because I could never get to that place of perfection. And so it just sapped all the joy out of my life at a time that could have been really, really good. Mm -hmm. And then how I ended up here was I finally got to the point. (laughs) I love to say it like this too. When I just got sick and tired of being sick and tired, and I decided to find some help. And simultaneously, I was kind of getting burnt out in my career. My previous career, I was a pediatric audiologist. That's hearing science. I was the representative for a statewide program here in California. And there were some things I really loved about my job, writing, teaching, and speaking. I would go across the country and talk about our program, but audiology is this very narrow field. So what else could I do? And then coaching somehow came into my awareness. It had all those elements I liked writing, teaching, speaking. Also, audiology was very service-based. It was something that I could feel really proud of that I was making a difference. Coaching. Absolutely fills that same role for me, so I just decided I should hire a coach, and I did, and she rocked my world. And that's when I decided this is what I want to do for other women. I don't want another woman to suffer the way that I did, and so that's how I ended up in this very narrow lane of really focusing on those shoulds because I, <laughs> I lived
0: it. I get it. I understand it. Question: I don't know if you're gonna have a quick answer, but when you look back at those times when you were shutting all over yourself really hard yeah. and this is the type of mom I should be, how I should keep my house, how I should do my job, how I should be a wife, maybe even how I should be a friend or a sister or a daughter. Everywhere. I think it bleeds into everything. And you look back, what is the, fe- like, do you feel regret? What is the feeling that you have of those times? How do you look back on your, on version one of Jen? I'd love to say that I'm so
1: enlightened that i have past it. I've integrated it. The truth is there is regret. Mm-hmm. I wish I could go back and redo those younger years with my kids and enjoy it more. But at the same time, maybe this is my enlightened side coming through. I wouldn't be who I am today. I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today. So, in some ways, I'm grateful for that experience. And I have two daughters. They watched me at a really low point and they watched me pull myself out of it and create a business. And that feels pretty powerful. So yes, in some ways, I wish I could do it differently and no, because I wouldn't be where I am.
0: Bravo to that answer. I like that answer. A plus for you. Yes. (laughs) So one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you today is I really think that you've done a great job in Owning this part of your personality and talking about it freely without any shame or embarrassment, like, and I think this gives other people the permission needed to say, oh my God, I do this too. Because if you say to somebody, you're a people pleaser or you're a perfectionist, that feels, those feel very judgmental. Those feel like fighting words, right? And when you and I started working together, you were kind of raging against this idea of calling your people, people pleasers, because you're like, they don't want to be called that. Yeah. And so I think by you owning it, it gives other people permission to say, maybe I do that too. And maybe there's just part of who I am and it's not something to judge, but it's exhausting me. Oh, that's so interesting. I hadn't thought about it like that. So thank you for sharing that.
1: But it is true what you're saying. When we see people really owning something, it just makes it easier and also let's take it out of the closet so to speak. Let's w- when we're talking about shame, I didn't want people to know I was a people pleaser back then. I was just doing. It. I mean frankly, I didn't know I was a people pleaser, but I was just doing it and I probably wouldn't if someone had said the term, I probably would have been offended. And so
0: yeah.
1: I yeah. think this is this is where it comes from is that I'm not offended by it anymore. I it was a part of me and frankly, if we could talk about people pleasing for a second, this might be a little tangential, but there is something really beautiful about being a caretaker. And I actually think it's one of my strengths. I think it's one of my, quali- my good qualities. But when I take it to the extreme of people pleasing, that's when it's bad for me. But if I can sort of rein that back in into giving from a place of genuine desire and love, it's a really beautiful gift to be able to give to people. And so that's almost like me reclaiming that side of myself. Can I have people-pleaser tendencies now? Sure, 100%. But am I aware of it? And can I bring it back in much more quickly than I used to? Absolutely. So now I see it, I work with it, and I'm really proud of the fact that I take really good care of my people.
0: I love the little distinction there. It's a nuance, right? And the, the I think the most important thing you said there was when it goes into people-pleasing, I'm not really... I've moved away from just the caretaking and now I'm almost self-hurting. Yeah. Cause I'm shooting again, yeah.
1: <laughs> all roads lead to should. In this of <laughs> but when I'm shooting, when I'm like, I can't think of a specific example, but you know, if, if there's something going on in my family and, oh, I should do this, but I don't want to, yeah. or it's going
0: to be a big cost to me and I do it anyway, that's when I've crossed the line. Yeah. That's such a good awareness. Let's talk about how this shows up in your life as an entrepreneur, especially as an entrepreneur who creates content. I mean, that when you and I started working, that's what we that's what we work on with you is like your marketing, your content, your messaging, all of that stuff. We didn't do any life coaching. I mean, sometimes coaching comes in, but mostly we're talking about your business when we talk. Yeah. How does everything that you've just laid out for us show up as your life as an entrepreneur in your oh life? Oh my gosh. Honestly, it can be
1: everywhere what I should be doing for business, how I should be showing up. And I still, you, as my coach Jen knows, I still have resistance to certain things. And some of that might just be honestly fear of putting myself out. And that's what we work through. But for example, I'll give you an example. Just the other day, I was talking with a fellow entrepreneur who was giving me the latest demographics on TikTok. And I thought for a second, oh man, now I'm going to have to get on TikTok. I don't want to get on TikTok. I don't want to do short videos. It's not my jam. I'm not ha- you know, it's just not my thing. But initially I would be thinking, "Oh, I should do that. Oh, I have to do that." And this avenue and Instagram and LinkedIn and and 700 different ways of being online, it's exhausting and overwhelming. And I don't even enjoy, to be totally honest, I don't even enjoy creating the social media posts. And so now I'm at the point where having worked with you, I can say, I think I create relevant content for my audience. I think it's engaging. They're engaging. And I let my VA create my social media. I don't want to do that. And so now I've gotten to the point where I hire that out. So it's happening for me, but I don't, I don't, I'm not shooting all over myself about what I should be creating and all the videos I should be doing I'm working in the area where my strength is.
0: Yes. That was really hard for you to come to. Yeah. Yeah. So inside the mastermind, I want to talk a little bit about the work that you've done. Can you talk to us about the shooting that was happening when you came to the content creators mastermind and what was going on in your brain? I mean, I don't know if you can remember back when you started, but because it's where you are now is so different from there. But back when we started in the mastermind program, how how are you shitting all over yourself there? Oh, that's such a good question.
1: And I have to think about that for a second in terms of the group. But while I'm thinking about it, the one thing I do want to say emphatically is my business would not be where it is had I not joined the mastermind group. I know that hands down hundred percent because you have this beautiful way of, of trimming the fat and really narrowing things down. And when I So Jen talks about repurposing content. And when I go back to old, old stuff that I wrote, because I'm thinking, I'll save myself a little time. I can't trim the fat out of those suckers. They're so fatty, (laughs) just so, and they don't have that same targeted, I guess is the right word. I keep seeing sort of this narrow focus. They don't have that same focus. So in terms of, oh, I know how I was shitting. I know. (laughs) When I started with you, I should know my client inside and out. I should know her languaging. There were times when, when you would ask me, well, does your, does your client say that thing? And I would think, I, I don't know. And I don't want to say that I don't know because I didn't want to look like a dummy who didn't know her business. This was yeah. the kind of, you can hear my inner critic, right? She still yeah. lives and breathes. And that has just gotten better because I do know her. Even though some days I try to convince Jen I don't and I fight and I resist. But we've gotten so far in who I work with. And I have always loved... The woman I've worked with hasn't changed. It's Mm -hmm. just how I talk about her. Yeah. and How I I think we hit her with the messages in a more concise way.
0: And a more relevant way that she can actually hear it, right? Yeah. But I do think that's what it was about saying I
1: should know her. I should be able to articulate these things. The
0: other thing I think you used to think you should do is tell everybody everything they needed to hear and try to fix all of their problems with your content.
1: Yes. How can I leave them hanging? How can I tell them about their problem yeah. and, and not solve it for them? That is hard it for is. someone who's like me. And I would imagine others, heart-centered entrepreneurs. It's, we, want, we, do, we do want to fix everybody. But Jen has really helped me figure out how to give good value. I am giving good value in my content and I'm not giving everything away.
0: Right. Yes, you do both. So I, we can all honor like how far you've come and how far you've come to help yourself, but also helping your clients. Let's talk about how, in general, what we can learn from everything you know about this shoulding. What can we start to do to help ourselves move away from the shoulds? Whether you know, so my audience, if if you're listening to this, you are here because you're an entrepreneur or you create content in some form, you're marketing in some way. We're trying to make it easier for you. And not shitting all over yourself is a really important part of that. So I'm really glad that you're here to talk about this specifically. Give us the basics. What the hell do we need to do to move away from the shoulds?
1: (laughs) So first, I just want to say, if you're shitting all over yourself, that's a very obligatory feeling. Mm -hmm. And when you think about obligation. It's really heavy and it's hard to create and move forward and enjoy what you're doing from that place. So that's the first thing I would say is start noticing that. When do you feel like, oh, I don't want to do that. Yeah. Yes. You can't breathe. Your shoulders are tight. Your chest. Just start noticing that. That's the first step to anything. And what is it that you actually like to do? And maybe start moving. Whoops. start moving into that arena and see what happens. Because when we're doing things we enjoy more, it flows more freely. It doesn't take... I mean, I'm almost imagining when we're shooting that we're pushing this boulder. Okay, here's some content. I'm going to create it up the hill. And then and then you need a two-hour nap when you're done because you've just exhausted yourself versus, here's what I actually like to do. And I'm not going to listen to all the noise about all these other things that are, you know, buzzing my brain and taking all my mental energy about how I should be on TikTok, because it's the newest thing. If you don't like being on TikTok,
0: don't do it. Don't do it. Just do yeah. what feels good for you. You're somebody who, for your whole life has been people-pleasing, being a perfectionist, like having that really heavy energy. Is it hard? To answer the question, what do I like to do? Yes. Okay. So yeah. What do you do about that? Well, I think it goes back to that
1: feeling in the body, like that really, really heavy feeling. And if there's stuff that you like to do, it's going to feel differently. And I would just offer, move towards that.
0: Like different energetics.
1: Yes. Yeah. How you're feeling in it. And then also, there is that difference too between fear and shooting. And so, uh, there's this great tool you can use about if you're thinking like, let's say you're considering the um, TikTok and ask yourself, imagine you're standing on a high dive and you're looking down and you, this is the TikTok jump, right? You're going to jump into it. What's down there to you. Does it really feel more like a pool of sludge or does it feel like when you jump, you're going to hit a cold, refreshing pool of water? And that's really going to help. Like, what does it actually feel like? We want to jump into the water. We don't want to jump into the sludge. So use that. Like, is it just fear? Do you know when you jump off the diving board or do you sense that you're really going to be happy that you did it? And then it's going to feel really good versus, oh no, I'm further in the muck than I was before. So that may help differentiate the fear. And it may be just trying some things, a Facebook Live, whatever your fear is, Mm -hmm. to see if you can get through that. And then if it really still feels like a lousy should, you know.
0: Mm. Is there, um, I imagine I I have the perfectionist thing. I don't have a huge of the people-pleasing thing or the shoulding thing. So some of my questions are truly coming from, I don't have that people-pleasing thing. When you are doing the people pleasing and you're exhausted by all of the things, would it help to get rid of some things? Does that give you more energy? Does that maybe open you up to answering the question? What do I like to do? Because are are you often like energetically weighted down by all the shit that you're doing? Or does it actually feel really good and does it fill you up? No. It feel it weighs you down if you're doing okay. a bunch of
1: stuff from the energy of people pleasing, okay. and if you can get rid of it, I'll give you an exact example. Okay, Ben reached out to me yesterday to see if I could move a meeting, and I had this like, I'm gonna miss the meeting because I'm taking my mom to a doctor's appointment, and all I could imagine for a nanosecond was, I really want to go to the meeting. I want it to work out. I'll call the doctor. I'll reschedule. Me, 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 and then I went. Wait a second. I have a sister. Who I texted, who immediately responded back, said, Sure, I can do it. And that was it. So, yes, yeah. if you can hand stuff off, because the problem with people pleaser perfectionists is we think we're the
0: only ones who can do it all. We I are. have we, had this. This, is, this blows my mind because I've had this conversation. And when we understand that, like we think we're the only ones who can do it, because I have that too as a perfectionist, it's so egoic. <laughs> yes oh i'm so big and important nobody else can take care of this problem
1: <laughs> i mean obviously we're not thinking like that no. but but it's more like this is what i do and i don't yeah. think about anybody else can do it yeah. i have to do it yeah. and so yeah that's a perfect example of just like literally picking up the phone and the text coming right back sure i can do it That's amazing and I'm then i ended up
0: I'm sorry. For you. So yeah, let's too. talk about um, how all of this actually impacts our productivity as entrepreneurs yes. and content creators and marketers and all, and just like living our lives. But like, I mean, the focus of this co- this podcast is always content creation and marketing. But like, this stuff, how does it impact your productivity in general?
1: If I'm, uh, <laughs> so I'm very reticent to do things I don't want to do. There are some things. I've decided that are important to business that I don't, I don't, it's funny. It's almost like this little war in my head between, I don't like doing Facebook lives and yet I really enjoy teaching. So I think there's a little bit of bullshit still at play in there. But if I, if there's something I don't want to do, I'm very much in resistance to it. And then it just gets bigger because I'm like, oh crap, I got to do that thing. Oh yeah. I got to do that thing. I'm shooting all over myself and I'm making it so much worse because I'm thinking about the thing that I need to do, that I haven't done, that I need, that I forgot to do. Oh, now I forgot. So now I have to rush it. So not only am I not getting it done, I'm taking up all this mental energy thinking about what I didn't get done. And then sometimes, to be honest, the quality of it isn't so good because I've rushed it at the wow. very end. And so I can imagine other entrepreneurs are feeling the same way. If there's some fear, if there's something new, if they're just not excited about something it's going to be the thing that keeps getting, you know. It's like the snooze alarm. It's the thing that's going to
0: keep getting snoozed, and then we feel like we're not getting anywhere in our business. When you said, "and then the quality isn't there," I can imagine that that only inflames your perfectionism. Yep. Yeah, hundred yep. percent. Yeah. So then it's the hard next hard time hard. it just gets worse, right?
1: Yeah, and then you're mad at yourself. It's this whole. <laughs> I haven't really thought about it until we're trying. It's this whole cycle. So then I'm mad at myself that I didn't do what I needed to do. Yeah, it just mm-hmm. all feeds on each
0: other. So let's talk about for you as a recovering people pleasing perfectionist. What have you put in place specifically when it comes to your content and your marketing? Besides having your VA doing your social media, what have you done to kind of alleviate this trouble for yourself? Well, I would say the first thing
1: around content, but also other areas of my life as well as I have support. Mm -hmm. And so I think really having the mastermind Mm -hmm. has been huge. Being able to come in. And, um, have you, uh, edit and review my stuff. That's super helpful. And then the support there are days when the support looks like, here's my document. Give me some feedback There are days that look like I'm a freaking mess. And that's how I'm showing up today. And I want to share with your listeners what support does for you, because the call, the mastermind call that we had before last, that was my moment to show up and just be like, I'm a mess. And the beauty of that moment was every woman in the room said, I know what you're going through. Like those were the literal words. I've been there. I felt it. I've been, and it just felt like a breath of fresh air. Like I could exhale because I think my perfectionist was kicking up a little bit. Like nobody else goes through this. Why are you falling apart? So support I think is huge. And I don't mean this to be a commercial for Jen, but it is because it's been so helpful having your input and having your support and the support of the women. So that's, I would say that's the first thing, but then also using some of the techniques that you've, you really talk about too, about batching and trying to get stuff done in advance. And that's really helpful for me because my natural tendency is fly by the seat of my pants and I don't like it. So having things a little more structured for myself makes a big difference in hitting my goals. I send an email every single week. I never used to do that consistently. I don't miss it. We've added a second one in. I do an interview series. Like There's so much more that I'm managing now. And it honestly doesn't feel like that much more
0: because you have systems and i remember when we first started working together you were like no 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 i don't like planning planning's not my thing i know i need planning but planning's not my thing but you made pl- we make a plan and we make a, a strategy for you that really is personalized to you yeah. and that's yeah. why it's working and i love that you just acknowledged i started with not sending an email and then sending one once a week and then i added in this other thing and i added in this other thing and you're just like it actually gets easier. I think that's hard for highly creative women to believe that they actually could do more and it really doesn't require that much more of you.
1: Yeah, and I think also working with you and honing in on who my client is and how she views things has made it easier. It's not that hard for me to sit down and create an email every week.
0: That's a great point because you really nailed down your messaging. So it's both the systems and the messaging that it all just feels a lot easier now. It's not just as energetically depleting as it was. Correct. That's a oh, good point. I like point. that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So for people who are feeling exhausted by their people pleasing and their uh, shoulding and their overthinking and their overdoing, we're talking about who can support you, right? Like really asking for some support. But the first thing I heard you say is like, let's admit it. Let's let's talk about it honestly. Let's acknowledge it. Yeah. We have to bring like the it is up, right? Like- <laughs> yes. You
1: are a people pleaser, my friend, and that doesn't make you a horrible person. Yeah. Or you are a perfectionist. And what I want to say is not only does it not make you a horrible person, it makes you normal. Yeah. There are so many of us out there. I'm so envious of Jen. I wish I could pluck that DNA out where she's not a people pleaser and pop it in. Oh,
0: I have plenty but- of other bullshit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we all have it. But I guess that's the point is there's nothing wrong with you. Yeah. It's just how you have created your own systems over time. And, and we don't have time to get into the protective mechanism of that whole thing, but that's really where it came from. So, okay, you don't need that anymore. And let's figure out how to move through it.
0: Yeah. I love this. I, I call these little aspects of my, like my husband will be like, you're, you know, he'll call me out on something. And I'm like, But like, you're so crabby, he'll say. You're so crabby after you do X, Y, and Z. I'm like, that's one of my features. It's just part of my personality. It's a feature of mine. And some of the features are good and some of them are buggy, but we have to create... Uh, ways to work around them. And you have done that when it comes to the people-pleasing and perfectionism and the overdoing, right? The overdoing is a big
1: thing. Yeah. I, I got to say this. I can't stop laughing in my head. I'm imagining, you know, the sticker on the window of a car with all the features laid out. So here's Jen Liddy. And it's like, how many miles
0: <laughs> of the gallon? And Krabby! And Great. <laughs> <laughs> right crabby when she doesn't eat.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) When you go to yoga, isn't that one thing he likes to say? He's like,
0: "Like, you're just so much nicer when you actually go to yoga. (laughs) That's a feature. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I will say,
1: so coming back to the support piece, Mm -hmm. I want to encourage people be choosy about your support system. Mm, I love that. Uh, Jen and I were talking off camera about friends who who aren't as there for you as others. Can we say it like that? Yeah. So absolutely. when you reach out for support, Brene Brown. I love this quote from her. Says, you know, I can't remember the exact quote, but basically, you get to decide who hears your story because your story is is precious and it's there's vulnerabilities in it. And so, if you're reaching out for support, it may take a couple of tries to figure out who the right person is, but Find somebody who actually supports you, who isn't going to derail the conversation off into, oh, you think that's bad? Let me tell you this. Or, yeah. or you Albert. know,
0: so, yeah, I love that. So you've given us a lot of good, juicy things to get us started with acknowledging our our the stuff that's depleting us, the overdoing, getting support, having systems that work for us in place. Is there anything else that can help us shift out of our shooting? Well- I actually have uh, something I put together and I'd love to offer it to
1: your listeners called three simple steps to go from overwhelmed to ease. Because even when you say that loud, just when you say the word ease, it's like, Oh, and so these three steps, I'm not joking in the title. They're so simple and they're so small and they're so implementable. And the very first one we've already been talking about becoming aware of when this is happening to yourself, because you can't change anything if you don't recognize what's going on. I mean, for in my story, for years, I was just grinding through the day trying to feel better. But until I really acknowledged what was going on, I couldn't change anything. And so I would love to offer this to your listeners if, they, if they're just looking for something. This is not a big commitment, friends. It's three really short, simple videos because I know our attention span is short and our time is... I don't want to say we're busy because I don't want to add to the overwhelm, but we are. So... Three simple, short videos in less than, I think, total of everything in less than 20 minutes, you'll know all three steps. How do people grab it? So you can go to my website, jennifersherwood.com. Oh, it's on, I was going to give you a different site. It's on the homepage. So right on the landing
0: page,
1: you can sign up right right there.
0: Is there anything else that we need to know from your expertise? Because I know that you literally, this is your life's work. You are working in that, like in your chapter two here with your kids being gone and running, growing your business. Like, this is your life's work now. Working with women who really identify with everything we're talking about today. Is there anything else that you want to add to the conversation? You feel like people might really I love
1: that? I, I think I want to go back and just really emphasize if you recognize yourself in this, there is nothing wrong with Mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. We live in a patriarchal society and the undercurrent in this culture is that what the value that women bring to things is what they can do for others and how they look. And we've been fighting against this our whole lives, whether we realize it or not. So I really want you to see that you were set up to take care of other people. That's the people pleasing part of it. And we've often been pitted women against each other. It feels very competitive. So of course, you're trying to be a perfectionist. There's nothing wrong with you. I really just want to acknowledge that. And then once you know that, let that stuff go in your business and go get what you want. We become entrepreneurs because we have huge desires and dreams. So let's go get it.
0: So how do you support people? I want you, I know that you do one-to-one coaching with women. But I know that you also have a group program, which is a great place for a lot of people to get started if they're looking for community and safety as they work through this stuff. So can you tell us about the GC? Yeah, I'd love to. So this is
1: my monthly membership program, and it's really built on the foundation of community and connection. And if we go back to that that point I brought up about women... Um, having been pit against each other. I mean, you we all know the stories, growing up, like you couldn't trust other girls. and and then that manifests itself as women. And you know enough of that. What we've created inside the GC is this really strong community. We have shared agreements on confidentiality, which really creates a safe space. There is no judgment. You do not share in that group and get a little side eye from somebody or worry that any of your story will be fodder for conversation somewhere else. We're very tight-knit in there, and it's just a really warm place to land. In addition, I bring coaching tools every month. So you can get support, you can get community, you can get like real, genuine girlfriends talking about support. This is where you can find it. And I will bring tools to help you up-level your life in that group. I love it. I love being in there. I love being in the space. And Jen coined this phrase. She said something to the effect of like, it's the warmest, safest corner on the internet.
0: <laughs> I really what
1: it feels like.
0: And I'll tell you, that is not easy to find. And I bet people listening are feeling like that's a breath of fresh air because how many times are you at somebody's table or their counter or their Island? And you've said something and you feel like if you leave the room, you're now the topic of conversation. Yes. Or the next morning you wake up and you have a total vulnerability vulnerability hangover.
1: Yeah. We we really work in that group. So that's not that's not the case. It's nice. just not. It's so lovely in there.
0: <laughs> if yes. I do say so myself. I love that you are so proud of it because that is really hard for you as a people pleaser to like state your pride, right? Yeah. Like to, no, you're to, right. To Thank power. you. Yeah. yeah. It's Can been I also to say? you.
1: Thank you. Can I also say about just one more thing about the GC that may be really appealing to entrepreneurs on top of all the support. We also have co-working days in there. We have guest speakers. We have book groups. It's all a big buffet. Come and take what you want. You don't have to take everything, but the co-working days are so helpful. I know you do that as well. And it's just so nice. We do a three hour block. It's like twice a quarter. We do that and we get tons of stuff done.
0: And thank you for your expertise and for talking about this. I think it's a vital topic in life in general, but also specifically for entrepreneurs who are trying to create marketing content in a world where, in a world where you're constantly being compared or comparing yourself and everything is so visual, right? So if you don't look like everybody else or sound like everybody else, or you're not perfect. You're saying like, it's not good enough to put it out there. And I think that people trip over that. And I'm hoping that the tools, and again, they're simple tools. It's almost embarrassingly simple once we figure it out, right? Yeah. How these tools can really help us stop tripping over our old patterns
1: yeah for sure and i'm so glad you just said the word comparison cuz that didn't come up today which it is definitely a central part of ah. shooting and perfection so please this is a this is a vital piece for us and it will happen but if we can you know if we find ourselves comparing ourselves can we please Climb out of the rabbit hole because it's not doing any of us any good. So thank you for bringing that up. Yeah,
0: yeah. Jen, thank you for your expertise. And remember that you can grab Jen's great little freebie that you can take in little bite-sized nuggets, which is called three simple steps to go from overwhelm to ease. And then you take a breath and <laughs> you just go to jennifersherwood.com and it'll be right there for you. And if you want to know more about the GC, you can get everything about Jen right there on her website. Yep. Which we have just recently overhauled and it looks so beautiful and <laughs> I'm so proud of her. Yeah, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me as a guest. My this pleasure. was so much fun. I really <laughs> loved it. And thank you to my listener. Thank you for coming because I know there's a lot of choices out there about podcasts to listen to and so thanks for choosing this one. I hope you got a lot out of it today. Bye everybody. Bye. Thanks.